Welcome back to Fad Dads. Today in the show, we're going to be discussing the new show, The Wheel of Time, and doing a micro-review for it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Fad Dads Podcast. All right, so I am running solo today as we're talking about The Wheel of Time. My co-host Seth, who's normally with me, uh, watched the first episode of The Wheel of Time, and he was not digging it as much as I was. So he left it to me to watch and to recommend whether I think he should finish out the season or not. So I've watched five episodes so far of the show, and I'm going to just wanted to capture my thoughts right now of where I am with the show and just giving you some thoughts about whether you should, you know, continue on and watch the, the whole season of The Wheel of Time. But for purposes of this review, I'm going to stay away from spoilers as best I can. For those who don't know, the Wheel of Time series uh, is adapted from Robert Jordan's epic fantasy book series of the same name, which ran from about 1990 to 2013. Uh, I did not read any of the novels as they were releasing, uh, but I remember they were definitely talked about and displayed prominently on bookshelves, and I know some people who were reading them. And uh, the other thing I remember about the the series as they were, uh, you know, as the books were releasing was that the art was definitely eye-catching, but not in the way that uh, I think is great. For example, there was a lot of strangely proportioned body parts and odd perspectives that I I guess I just wasn't my style. And if you pull up some of the first edition uh, books and look at the art, you'll know what I'm talking about, especially if you look at the book, The Lord of Chaos, and just stare at that artwork for a little bit. You, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anyway, so there was definitely like a vibe uh, about the book series, kind of uh, a similar vibe to how people uh, think about, I think, the Game of Thrones book series right now. Not not the, not the TV show, but, but the book series. But I think The Wheel of Time was definitely released on a more consistent basis. Just a little bit more background. Robert Jordan, the author, passed away before the series was completed. So they brought in best-selling fantasy author Brandon Sanderson, uh, to use Jordan's notes and finish out the series. Um, Sanderson is actually a producer on the show, uh, and I'm a fan of his work. I can kind of see some of his fingerprints on the show's plotting. Unfortunately, the best of Sanderson is not always at play here, and I'll kind of talk about that a little bit more in depth as we go along. So as the show starts off, we get Roseman Pike um, basically giving this uh, narration, which sounds like it's Galadriel from The Fellowship of the Ring. Uh, you know, Roseman Pike plays a character called uh, Moraine. She belongs to a powerful order of female magic channelers called the Aes Sedai. So she tells us about the backstory of the world uh, and that in a previous age, a male channeler known as the Dragon almost broke the world to pieces because of his madness. Uh, but there's a prophecy that the Dragon will be reborn in the current age, but it's unclear whether this new dragon will break the world again or bring it together. So Moraine and the Aes Sedai try to find the reincarnated dragon, but they're not alone. Uh, there's a Dark One uh, who's kind of like this world's version of Sauron. So the Dark One sends out the Nazgul, or I mean, they're called Eyeless Ones in this world. So they're also looking for the dragon reborn. And so they go to a peaceful rural region of the world called Hobbiton. Okay, in this in the Wheel of Time, it's called the Two Rivers, um, and basically it's just a, a race against time as as um, Moraine and the rest of the Aes Sedai are trying to get the Dragon Reborn to uh, Isengard, or in this world, it's called the the White Tower, and the the Dark One is trying to get the good guys to Mordor. Okay, all right, so um, 
I'll try to steer clear from some the rest some Lord of the Rings comparisons from here, or, or maybe not. We'll see. So that's a, the general plot of the show, and kind of going into the plotting of the show, uh, the mechanics of it. The first episode starts really slowly, and we're kind of obligatorily introduced to a number of random villagers. And by the pilot's end, though, kind of the, their role in the story becomes clear. Four of the main characters all could be the Dragon Reborn, uh, and we don't really know what it is. So there's, so there's a bit of intrigue there, but the characters are not as intriguing. The main candidates for the Dragon Reborn are all pretty frustrating. Um, they all kind of switch randomly from being helpful, and then they're moody and then stupidly independent for shallow reasons. Uh, kind of these characters suffer from having the vaguest of motivations, which also kind of switch on a dime depending on a few wise or unwise words from a companion or someone they don't trust. So the, the the character movement is pretty frustrating at times. And one of the thing that I think is most egregious is there's a situation where one of the main characters accidentally kills someone he loves in the pilot episode um, in the kind of the, in the chaos of the battle. So the death comes off as tragic and devastating. And we assume that the character is going to be defined by this horrible action. But so far, the impact of that action has barely left a noticeable impact on the character of the show. And this is where I wish they would take a playbook out of like Tolkien and Peter Jackson, because they were able to use kind of the archetypes to effortlessly help us bond and connect with their characters. But here, some of the some of the characters like the um, Moraine and her warden bodyguard feel just a bit too cold for us to really feel with them and be on board with them, despite the fact that both actors deliver dependable performances. So there's no issue there. So the writers really overestimate the audience connection to the characters. So they spend a good deal of time trying to get us to mourn the passing of some characters who we've known, only known an episode or two. And there's just no connection there. Uh, the, the funerals that ensue are tiresome. And since we didn't spend any time with the fallen characters, uh, that just that connection just isn't there. And it feels like just a waste of time. On the flip side, there is one character that is kind of interesting. There's like a mysterious bard who shows up um, a couple episodes in. And he's promising, and he's one of the few characters I'm interested in learning more about. The rest of the characters, they just seem pretty static at times. So kind of the aesthetic of the show, it seems like half the candidates for the dragon look like they kind of emerge from a JCPenney catalog, um, which is kind of strange considering every other aspect of the show's aesthetic feels very much like the Lord of the Rings. The landscapes are vibrant and beautifully shot, uh, This so the small villages and the mining settlements are perfectly dirty and tactile. But d despite the grandeur of the outdoors, the lack of cities leaves this fantasy world feeling unlived in and kind of empty. In the fifth episode, we start to get a little bit more of the sweeping grandeur that we're kind of expecting, but at the same time, we spend a lot of time with kind of like gypsy wagon trains and portable pavilions in the forest instead of like the big fantasy landscapes that we're hoping to see. So you can tell that they spent a good deal of money on this show, but it doesn't have enough grandeur to convince anyone that this wasn't made for TV. Uh, you know, there's some singing of songs inside the world, which gives it a recognizable fantasy vibe, which feels comfortable at first until you realize that there's nothing terribly new the Wheel of Time is bringing to the table. The opening history recap is a laughably bad copy of the sweeping prologue in the beginning of The Fellowship of the Ring. And there are several lines and moments in the pilot episode, especially, which feel almost plagiarized from Tolkien's work. I'm not saying it's wrong to use fantasy tropes, uh, just the opposite. But I think the writers here are sometimes embracing the wrong tropes, and they jettison the ones that they really ought to be taking a hold of. 
despite my misgivings, the show really does have some strengths. And some of the things that initially drew me in were the high quality costume design, uh, the capable acting, there's a really good score. And there are some really intriguing moments. Some of the best moments in the show kind of involved like this ghost city that the characters go to in one episode. And there's an unnervingly creepy order called the White Cloaks who show up and they're perfectly menacing. But the mechanics of the White Cloaks are a little bit messy at times because their interactions within the world are a little bit unclear and their proximity to the Aes Sedai, who they're kind of enemies with, is kind of strange and it's not really fleshed out enough. But as, as I went along, I was starting to get a little frustrated with the, the pacing. Then it really clicked with me about why it's just not gelling with me. So each episode goes more or less like this. Uh, talk, 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 talk. Characters talking to each other for about 40 minutes. Then uh, they, there's an out-of-the-blue fight sequence to finish off the episode. So the exciting end of every episode might sound like a really good hook, but all that talking is almost completely devoid of tension or drama. Characters just pretty much just talk about themselves to each other, and it feels like no progress is being made until the writers ram through a battle scene at the 11th hour. I get the feeling that the show's internal politics are supposed to have a little bit more weight, kind of like the Game of Thrones, but so far there hasn't been a ton of political maneuvers or backstabbing, and I just don't know what the point is of all these scenes telling us information if no one's actually going to act on anything so far. And kind of the the structure of a lot of these episodes reminds me a little bit of uh, Brandon Sanderson's work on the Stormlight Archive, which is a huge fantasy epic that he's uh, working on still to this day. And in the Stormlight Archive, there are just giant lulls where Sanderson pretty much bores his readers with a lack of progress. At least that's how I felt. But then kind of out of the blue, he hits, you know, he hits his readers with like a massive twist or a massive action sequence, which feels really satisfying. But then we kind of go back to these huge lulls. And my patience, honestly, for this approach is wearing thin, but right, your mileage is going to vary. Let me just take a break from the plot and the characters. And I just want to talk about something I think is actually really well done. So although the eyeless captains of evil do kind of resemble the Nazgul a little bit more than I prefer, their evil minions are called Trollocs and they look marvelous on screen. So they have a menacing appearance that is really aided by a top-notch mix of practical and computer-generated effects. Combat with the Trollocs is intense and it's visceral, it's really good. Uh, but so far, none of the action has reached the levels of the opening episode, but I'm sure larger conflicts are coming, especially as the main characters kind of come into their own a little bit. However, if you're tempted to jump on board and give the show a go, keep in mind that this is a very violent show, far more violent than The Lord of the Rings. So multiple times per episode, I kind of had to look away because of the bloody violence and the torture on display. You can call me a lightweight, but it's, it's just something that uh, was a bit much for me. Something worth noting is there's a little bit of sensuality in the first episode, as well as an obvious homosexual couple later on. But the show's vices definitely come in the, the, the form of its sudden and shocking brutality. Uh, another thing worth note is there's this kind of this focus on uh, gender roles. And what I mean by that is there's some powerful men in the show, and they're very suspicious of women and the fact that they some of them can channel and how they don't have the power for themselves. And then on the flip side, there's very powerful women who despise men and just kind of hate men. Um, I'm not really sure what the writers are wanting us to take away from or what their point is. Uh, maybe it'll become a little bit more obvious later on, but I just, I'm not picking up on some of the nuances of how we're supposed to feel about this. It just feels like the women are, are pretty terrible and the men are pretty terrible as well. So I guess equality in that sense. I, and also there's a smattering of modern day profanities, which I'm, I have no idea if they were in the book or not, but they do seem kind of out of place here. So just keep that in mind. 
so Seth, he watched the opening episode and he thought it was pretty confusing. And that was kind of his jumping off point. And he asked me to just keep track of how the show was going, if he should jump back on or not. And I think for me, I am probably jumping off the show at this point. Or or it's definitely, it, I, I don't really care if I finish the, the show or not. It started off intriguing, but now I'm kind of getting bored, getting tired of funerals for characters I barely know or care about. And if you think that I'm just complaining about this too much if you watch episodes four and five and don't feel the same way i guess that's a good thing but outside of the action sequences there's just a whole lot of just talking that is starting to wear down on me so that's that's kind of my thoughts on the first season of the wheel of time let me know how how you're liking it so far have you read the books if so what are your thoughts on kind of how things are going i'll post you know a question on spotify so definitely comment and uh, share the podcast if you so desire it helps us a lot Thanks so much for joining the conversation. This has been Nathaniel for the Fad Dads.